As we transition, let me just make a comment for those of you that are new to this community. My name is Tim Behrens. I'm one of the pastors in this church. When you hear the term the pastor or pastor in this church, that refers to Jesus. He is the pastor. And when someone refers to pastor, we're speaking of Jesus. I am one of the many serving in this community. But in this service, you've heard the word Pastor Tim a few times. You heard that Pastor Tim is right now downstairs with children, and there's Pastor Tim standing in front of you. That gets a bit complicated. And for those of you that are new, we do not practice cloning. But want you to know how we've distinguished the two Pastor Tims in the staff. One of our children wanted to call us Brown Tim and White Tim. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't like that so much. <laughs> then someone suggested Young Tim and Old Tim. I didn't like that so much. <laughs> so we decided on Tim B, which is me, and Tim S. Now that works great, except when I'm sending a love note to my wife and I become so used to Tim B that I sign the love note Tim B as if Tim S would ever write such a note to my wife. <laughs> so <laughs> there's awkward moments that we have often in this community as we learn to relate with our different cultures and languages in a way that makes sense to our children. In Psalm 15, Asaph, one of the musicians of David, a king after God's own heart writes, the mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. And the mighty one says, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Would you join me in a prayer? We have been graced, O oh Lord, in this community to celebrate that you, Lord Jesus, are our chief shepherd, that you are the pastor of this flock, and that we are just a small part of your glorious work and your gathering in so many places of your one church. O oh Lord, we pray that now as the different threads of this service are woven for your glory, that you will weave them together in a way that now starts to enable us to hear you drawing us to yourself and to see ways that you're calling out of us to put our faith in you in specific areas of trouble, in specific areas of desperation in specific areas of need. In your name we pray. Amen. The God who made us is drawing us to come back to him. Our one triune God is drawing us back to him through Jesus. This is the work of God the Father. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. This is the work of God the Son. Jesus said, and I 
when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This is the work of God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me, Jesus, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Truly, our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is drawing you and me to come and keep coming to God through Jesus. As God draws us to himself through Jesus, he also calls out of us, brings out of us, deepening faith in Jesus. He expands our understanding of Jesus and deepens our capacity to trust that he can help us in our time of need. Whatever your spiritual starting point is this morning, God is drawing you to himself through Jesus. He is calling out of you faith in him. We have been honored this morning to see this work of God specifically in the lives of John and Lucy as we just commissioned them for this new venture called Face to Face. God has drawn them and their two children, Tony and Sarah. Didn't want to leave you off the hook up there. <laughs> for he has, God has drawn them to himself through Jesus. Jesus has and is calling out of them faith in him. God has now equipped them to the point that he's sending them out to join him in his ministry of drawing others to Jesus. God is gracing them with the ministry to call out of others faith in Jesus. This morning, I want to lead you for a short time into a story in the Gospel of Luke where we see more clearly this work of God so that you might welcome this work and pay attention to this work in your own lives. His work of drawing you to Jesus. His work of calling out of you faith in him. His work of gracing you to participate with him in this ministry of others. With that in mind, would you join me by turning in your phone or your Bible to Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 54. If you're using the Bible in the pew, it's page 1025. Luke 8, 40 through 56. Now, when Jesus returned from the east side of the Sea of Galilee, with his disciples to the west side, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. 
as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, the tassels of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. The same words as the phrase, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When Jesus arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing. Jesus said, she is not dead, but asleep. <laughs> they laughed at him. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. That's as far as we'll read in the glory of the gospel. Jesus has just returned with his disciples in the story from the east side of what people often call the Sea of Galilee. While on the east side, God drew to Jesus a man possessed by a legion of demons. Jesus set this man free. The people of that region are so terrified, they ask Jesus to leave. So terrified were they of his power over demons. Jesus leaves this restored man to tell the people about what Jesus has done for him. As Jesus now returns, to a region on the other side of the lake where people have seen his work and heard his teaching. Crowds of people, crushing crowds of people are waiting for him. They eagerly welcome Jesus. They expectantly come to him. As Jesus gets off the boat, we see in these passage these two works of God that I've been mentioning clearly in Jesus, that Jesus draws people to come to him, and Jesus calls out of them faith in him. 
Let's see this work of Jesus, first of all, in Jairus, then in this woman with the issue of blood. Jairus. Jairus was among those welcoming Jesus. He was a leader in the Jewish synagogue, perhaps a benefactor, one of those who organized the activities of the synagogue. He comes to Jesus desperate. His only daughter, 12 years old, is dying. He ignores social conventions. He does not care what people think. He throws himself at the feet of Jesus, pleading with Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter. Many of you know this desperation. Many of you know this desperation. I know this desperation. This desperation you feel is one of the ways God uses to draw us to come to Jesus. You say, what's wrong with me that I feel this desperation? This is one of the ways that Jesus use, uses to draw you to Jesus. The Spirit of God awakens you to see areas in your life where you feel powerless to address this situation on your own. This desperation can be felt and expressed in many, many ways. Anxiety, fear, uncertainties about decisions to be made, concerns about relationships out of sorts, longings, deep longings, unsatisfied and unfulfilled, disappointments with life, with yourself, with others, with God, loneliness, deep loneliness, anger, despairing bondage to some sinful habit, discouragement over a life that somehow has gone off the tracks through this desperation. God is drawing you to come to Jesus with this need. Jairus comes to Jesus with his desperation. His dying daughter, his only daughter, and only 12 years old. God is drawing you to see your need and bring this to Jesus. And Jairus sees that Jesus can. In order to come to Jesus who is drawing us to him, one needs to see that Jesus can. One needs to see that Jesus can help in that area of desperation. As we have journeyed through the book of Luke, we are seeing how Jesus is showing to his disciples, to various people, to us all, the ways in which he can help. Pastor Andrea, in the prayer that she prayed, quotes Jesus saying at the beginning of his ministry how he can help. Later, in Luke 7, when John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus, sends messengers to Jesus who say, uh, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus says, we read, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So Jesus replies to these messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, 
Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus announces and gives these messengers a taste of the multitude of ways that he is helping people, all the ways that he still can help people today. He doesn't just say what he does. He does what he says he does. We don't know what Jairus knew of what Jesus could do. However, we know that the Spirit of God had formed in Jairus the belief that Jesus had the power to heal his daughter who was dying. As God draws us to Jesus, the Spirit of God opens our eyes to see how Jesus can help in all the areas of our lives. And now the woman. As Jesus goes with Jairus, a crowd goes with him so large that it is almost crushing him. In the crowd is a woman who has been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She is desperate. She has turned to others for help, but, quote, no one could heal her. Ah, God is drawing her, too, to come to Jesus. And she believes that Jesus can, that Jesus can heal. So she comes up behind Jesus and touches the edge of his cloak, the tassels of his outer garment. As she does so, her bleeding stops. She plans to fade into the crowd full of joy at what Jesus has done for her. So where is God calling you to come to Jesus? Before we look further into this story to see how Jesus calls out of us faith in him, let's pause for a moment to be attentive to how the Spirit of God working among us and in us might be drawing you to come to Jesus. If you are part of this community, over the course of the last few weeks, many gatherings around Jesus have taken place in multiple settings. And in those settings, often the Spirit of God has been awakening in us specific areas where Jesus is calling us to bring our need to him. Whoever we are, all of us are facing situations in our workplaces, in our schools, with family, with relationships. The list goes on. Situations we just cannot fix. We cannot make better, no matter how we might want to or how we might not want to. The Holy Spirit is focusing our attention on areas in our lives that Jesus wants to transform that he wants to address, that he wants us to bring to him who can. In my own life, presently, the Spirit of God is pointing out very specific ways where he is wanting me to submit my calling to him, to follow him as he leads. As Jesus shows you your need, he is drawing you not just to be aware of your need, but to bring that need to Jesus who can help. 
It is one thing to feel this area of desperation. It is another for the Spirit of God to make you realize that God has brought you to this place so that you can bring this need to Jesus. The Spirit of God does not make you aware of your desperation to leave you on your own, but to draw you near to Him who cares. You will not do this unless you know that Jesus can, that you know that Jesus can help. So as part of God's work in drawing you to Jesus, the Spirit of God is also showing you through various means that Jesus can help in this area. Some of you here maybe are too new to Jesus to believe that he can help. For you, I invite you to just keep coming and show up at gatherings around Jesus where you can learn more about how he can help. I should add, not in my plan, a story that I have repeated often that happened a couple years ago when a woman from China came and was part of an ESL Bible study not believing in God and found out that God is a God who answers prayer. And she asked people to pray for her in an area of need. I was present and I said, well, you can pray. So her prayer was this to God, God, I do not believe in you, but I really need your help. <laughs> this is the work of God who draws you not only to see your need, but to bring your need to him at whatever place you are at in your understanding. Oh God, I don't know if you are there, but I need your help. He will answer you. Others of us are discovering more and more about Jesus and new areas of our lives where he can help. Areas where we never thought it was possible for him to help. As you encounter, have encountered Jesus, the Spirit of God is daring you not simply to acknowledge your need and come out of hiding, but bring that need to Jesus. He's drawing you to come to him with your desperation, to realize that Jesus can help. I want to now move beyond this glorious work of God to another work that God does in our life. He calls out of us faith in Jesus. Let's look at how he does this in the life of Jairus. Let's look at how he does this in the life of this woman, Jairus. As Jesus and the crowd is on the way to the home of Jairus, a messenger comes to say to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Not dying, but dead. Jesus believed, Jairus believed Jesus could heal the sick. But death? <laughs> Does he have the power to raise the dead? Jesus then does to Jairus what God does in each of our lives. He calls out of Jairus' faith in Jesus. Hearing this news, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe. That is, believe in me, and she will be healed. You can imagine what Jairus is thinking as they continue to his home. Do I believe that Jesus can? I don't know if he can. Why don't I know that he can? I think he can. I want him to be able to. 
all these questions swirling around. And as they arrive at the home and see the mourners weeping and wailing, his questions must have increased. Does Jesus truly have the power to raise the dead? And he goes into the room with the three of the disciples of Jesus and with his wife, and he sees his daughter whose spirit has left her. Can Jesus raise the dead? And when Jesus says to the child, my child, get up, and she immediately gets up, he with the others is astonished. Jesus has shown he can. He has also shown how much he cares for the individual, saying to the parents, give your daughter something to eat as they stare at her with astonishment. (laughs) You can imagine their joy. Their great joy in Jesus. There is no longer any doubt in them. Jesus can raise the dead. And Jesus cares tenderly for every individual. Many of you know the experience of learning something new about Jesus. Then having Jesus call out of you faith in him to be able to help in this area that you learned that he can do. You learn that he can do it, and then Jesus calls out of you to put your faith in him in this area where you've learned that he can. One commentator, Fred Craddock, writes of this story, quote, The point here is that with reference to the healing and helping power of God, there are no barriers. End quote. God cares. Jesus can. And now the woman. Jesus also calls out of the woman faith in him in different ways. Jesus knew someone had touched him for healing. He knew that power had gone out of him for healing. He could have left it at that. But Jesus desired to call out of this woman faith in him. So he does. Despite Peter's words, which often missed the mark. Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you, he says with great confidence what is obvious. But Jesus waits. He waits until the woman sees, quote, she could not go unnoticed. So she comes, trembling, falling at the feet of Jesus, And in the presence of the crowd, she tells Jesus, quote, why she touched him and how she was instantly healed. Jesus says to her, quote, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And as I mentioned, this phrase actually means your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The same words Jesus spoke to the woman who anointed Jesus' feet in Luke chapter 7. This woman, had Jesus not called out faith from her, could have remained isolated from the community in her true aloneness. Her condition was viewed as one that would make others unclean. She was alone. Jesus called out of her faith in him. He called her to announce to the world that he had made her clean. Truly, he had saved her. In doing so, he drew her out of isolation 
into restored relationships. This is the work of God, including in our lives today. He draws us to come to him, to come to Jesus, making us aware of our desperation and then enabling us to see more ways that Jesus can help. Jesus then calls out of us ways to deepen our faith in him as we learn new areas where he can help. Many of you know this work. For those of you who are new to Jesus, I hope that, I hope that knowing this work of God will make you attentive to his work in you, lead you to welcome this work of God in you. I'd like to conclude now briefly with two additional elements from the story I don't want you to miss. First, the number 12. It is not by chance that this number is mentioned twice in the story. The girl, 12 years old, the woman bleeding for 12 years. Jesus has just come from a Gentile region where Jewish laws did not apply. It was a region where the people were pig herders, an animal considered unclean by the Jews. Luke wants to remind us that Jesus is now in a region of the 12 tribes of Israel where Jewish laws about uncleanness apply. To touch a woman bleeding would make a person unclean for a period of time. To touch a dead body would make a person unclean for a period of time. Yet Jesus touches both. Instead of making himself unclean, he makes them holy. As he does so, he is pointing the people to a greater work for which he came to do. Through his sacrifice on the cross, he has provided an eternal way to be brought near to God, to stand in God's holiness without blemish in Christ's righteousness. Truly, God draws us to come to Jesus to stand clean in God's presence. In Hebrews 12, we read of this work of Christ. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, which is Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then listen to this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we, you, me, us, may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus has brought us near through his sacrifice so that we can now come to him and find grace and receive mercy in our many times of needs. Second, you may wonder about the presence of Peter, James, and John. They are with Jesus throughout this story. In the next chapter, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples to participate in his ministry. For these disciples, Jesus has also been drawing them to himself. He has been showing them their areas of desperation. He has been leading them to come to him with their need. He has also been calling out of them faith in ways I won't repeat now, but you can see for yourself by looking at previous chapters. 
This too is the work of God. As, Jesus, as God draws us near to him through Jesus, as he calls out of us faith, he then sends us to join him in his work with others. This leads me to offer two practical words of advice to those who are already participating with Jesus in this role. Number one, your role is to draw people to Jesus to meet their need. Instead of making them dependent on your prayers, invite them to join you in prayer to him who can help. Instead of doing all the talking when you're looking at Scripture, invite them to discover more about Jesus with you. Instead of telling them how they should obey, ask them how the Spirit of God is stirring up in them ways to respond. And second, your role is to call out of people faith in him. So how is the Holy Spirit stirring in you? What is Jesus calling out of you? as we look at this passage. In Psalm 50, we hear these words, the mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. God the mighty one is calling us to call on him in the day of trouble. He is drawing us to bring our troubles to Jesus. Jesus can help. God promises, I will deliver you and you will honor me. God is drawing us to come. He is calling out of us faith in him who can. Let us come and let us keep on coming. Let's respond with worship.